Dueling Genre Productions presents... Oh my god, do you see that? When a freak accident strikes McKinney City, ordinary citizens are given amazing abilities. I can move things with my mind. Oh my god, I'm flying, I can fly, I can teleport, and I can fly! Super senses! What, like Daredevil? We are just playing fast and loose with this whole science thing today, aren't we? Now, there are villains. Billy, when you have an arch nemesis, do you just kill them immediately? No. You tie the ropes just loose enough so that they can keep escaping. That way, when you finally do win the day, you can sleep well knowing that you rose to the challenge. Your brain works differently than other people's, doesn't it? And heroes. Leah Markowitz, Gwendolyn Allen, Jeffrey Gibson, Mindy Gibson, Simon Holt, Splendid, you're all here. I'm going to make you all into superheroes. Screw it. Let's go save the day. The Powerful. After I drain everyone here, McKinney City will be mine. I'm going to show this whole city what real passion truly is. And the underdogs. You're all imagining me as a singing, dancing chipmunk right now, aren't you? The people in that store need help, and we can help them in a way no one else can. We have great power, which means they're our responsibility. I mean, Jesus, what's the point of having five freaking Spider-Man movies if we can't even learn to do that? Geek by Night, an original podcast series about five friends running a comic book store with superpowers. You're really going to keep running a comic book shop while trying to be superheroes? It might not always be easy, but I think the world could use a few more underdogs. Available at DuelingGenre.com and podcast apps everywhere. Dueling Genre Welcome back to Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we shine our shoes, press our pants, and do our homework about Spider-Man 2, (laughs) one hilltop imagining minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Zach Luna. And I'm Naomi Wong. Today we are talking about Minute 67, which begins with MJ struggling to re-enter the scene that she's in (laughs) uh, on stage, and uh, ends with... uh, MJ uh, scolding Peter for his intentions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. So this scene, uh, I, you know, just broadly speaking, um, this scene. Well, first of all, this bit with her just trying to re- like struggling to reenter the scene is just, <gasps> oh, it's, it's real good. It's it just, kills me. <laughs> It kills it's me. Just, <laughs> she's trying so hard, but she's just totally lost. This is the Ugh. second time. It doesn't matter whether he's there or not there. He still ruins the play for her. <laughs> this play for her. That's the Peter Parker power. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it gives me anxiety. Like, that's how well it's done. Like, she just goes up on her lines and she is 
searching, just searching for him, <laughs> and then covers it in the least smooth way possible. Uh, uh, I uh, am glad to hear it. To hear it. And then, of course, uh, Peter Voras, the, uh, the the stage manager, his, like, exasperation oh, there. Oh, so good. Uh, <laughs> um, since yesterday, we did some uh, some homework, didn't we, about this scene? Uh, yes. And uh, we have sort of detective doubt uh, where it takes place, right, in the run of the play? This is act two, yes. Just under yeah. halfway through the play? Yes, so, just, just under, yeah. So as we were worrying about yesterday, like uh, how long has it taken her to notice him? We're uh, we're trying to be generous, but it seems like she has not noticed him for a full half of a play, and that's amazing. Uh, yeah, not an intermission <laughs> yet, though. No, no. Yeah. So it's yeah. not. I mean, it could be worse. <laughs> it could be worse. <laughs> though to be fair, I'm not sure how much of Act One Cecily is actually in. Oh, okay. okay. So maybe this is regardless is this of whether it's early scene? in the play. Yeah, I don't think it's her first scene, but I don't. I but I also don't think that she is in the majority of Act One. Yeah, okay. Because we wouldn't meet her until they go into the country, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. And maybe she's think, uh, maybe she's a little more active in her other scenes, and so she wouldn't have like a beat to look out in the audience. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll we'll make excuses for her. It's fine. Plus, you know, you're not. <laughs> I don't know if if. Like you guys have done plays, I never look into the audience. No, I don't want to know there's an audience. Right. <laughs> and to be honest, to be honest, I'm one of those people who, if if you know me personally, and you come to see me in a play, don't tell me you're coming to see me. Yeah. Because that will mess me up. I I'm fine with strangers, complete strangers watching me, but people I know, it gets very fuzzy. Because yeah. like there's safety in the the mass of people, like the the block of random humans. That's like. A supportive thing that mm-hmm. they want to see you do well but like a specific person you know like you'll say a thing and you'll be like oh i can tell how like angela is gonna react to that you know like you've oh, just yeah. in your brain like oh no this is all for them now Ugh. yes and especially when you're doing a play when you're doing a different accent oh if people are watching you you're like oh they know how i normally say words and so they can uh-huh. hear every time it goes back into my normal voice <laughs> Paris the thigh. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. That, that's yeah. just me. That's just me. Well, yeah, I, I don't I know. Maybe that. it's maybe it's relatable. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean when relatable. I was when I was in that was I was in that one play, the only way that I got through being, you know, not a natural actor by any stretch, um, I uh I just focused on the lights. That's Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, you just focus on the lights so you can't even see the audience. Right. Oh yeah, uh, it's yeah. brilliant. Yeah, because there was there was a <clears throat> there was a point there's a point in it where I have to like walk to the front of the stage and monologue about how much I love Washington, D.C. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's something that happens in that play. Awesome. And, and I have to talk about like how awesome it is and how much better it is there than where the play takes place. And uh, <laughs> and um, I, I have to like just walk out to the front of the stage and I just stood and I just stared out at the lights <laughs> As if I was looking at Washington D.C., so Aww. that I couldn't, so that I couldn't see, so I didn't look at any of the audience, being like, "Why is this guy talking about Washington D.C. so much?" Um, so, also, if you can see the audience, chances are you're not in your light. Yeah, right. That's true. Right. Yeah. Um, I. It's it's funny for all of my like 
plays I did in college, like this was pretty much a non-issue because we had a a big theater with big lights and everything like that. And you couldn't really see people that well. But like as soon as I graduated college and went to work in like, you know, theater where I was being paid nothing uh, out there where there's like, you know, only a handful of people in the audience. The spaces were so small for the professional theater that I could see everybody like (laughs) even if I didn't want to see them, I could like immediately see them. So I had to like do this weird like uh, adjustment period where I thought I was back in high school again. Like, uh, oh, my gosh, people are watching me like I have to. (laughs) (laughs) What am I going to do? Don't look at me. I'm being really emotional. Stop looking at me. Be vulnerable right in front of your dumb faces. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I have to take a weird antagonistic approach to the audience. (laughs) Whatever. Um, It got it was helped by the fact that like the two biggest plays I did out here once I left were like slightly audience participation-y. Like, you mm-hmm. know, I'd have to go out in the audience and make certain, you know, entrances from there or mess with people and whatnot. One of them was actually a drunk Shakespeare play. So we were encouraged nice. to heckle the audience and whatnot. Um, yeah, I mean, nice in theory. I think it's, the drunk Shakespeare shows go better when, like, one person is drunk and everybody is oh, like... Is that a, not what you were doing? No, they, oh, our, okay. our director thought it would be a bold choice to flip the script <laughs> and have... One sober person. Oh no! And everybody else wasted. And um, I mean, to hear hear people tell it who saw the show, it was something. Uh, <laughs> and we we sure had fun. But uh, I mean, I mean, that just sounds like the reason that I do not go out with people because uh-huh. I'm always that one sober person. And so it's like that's not interesting to me. Yeah, what's interesting yeah. to me is one person going off the rails and everyone trying to figure out how they can keep it on track. Yeah, yeah, that's there's phenomenal. A, there's a game in it versus just oh we're trapped here. Um, but yeah. you know it was oh, an experiment. God, how long is and not all end? experiments yeah. have the uh, con- what is it the conclusion to your hypothesis that you're hoping for? Whatever. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> theater's fun. You gotta uh, do it at least three times to prove the <laughs> scientifically. It's a rule, right? Uh, yeah. Speaking of the conclusion to his hypothesis, uh, yes, <laughs> it, it does. This doesn't end up the way that Peter thought it would. No, um, no, no. Um, before we leave the play entirely, oh. I should okay. give a shout out to Reed Diamond because he's this is the only scene he's in is this little bit where he's on stage. Reed Diamond plays Algernon, who's pretending he's Ernest right now in the play, um, uh-huh. and. I like him a lot as an actor, and I was kind of like charmed to see that he was in this. He's another one of those born and raised New Yorker actors. He studied acting at Juilliard, focus was on classical theater and Shakespeare, and then he did Broadway and kind of immediately transitioned to TV and movies from there. And the thing he used to say is that like, yeah, I studied all this classical theater at Juilliard, and then I didn't use it for like 20 years because I just was doing TV stuff playing cops from there. Um, But like he... He's Lawrence Dominic on Dollhouse. He was Don Pedro in Whedon's Much Ado About Nothing. Uh, Daniel Whitehall in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He's, um, his big thing that a lot of people know him for is on Homicide Life on the Street. He played Mike Kellerman, like the main cop guy. I, I have seen most of the things that you just said, and I don't remember him in any of them. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Uh, doll, dollhouse. The guy, the, like... Uh, He's always got a gun and he's being, he does not normally have his hair like this, you know, like he's a no nonsense, <laughs> like FBI agent type guy. Yeah, I he's, don't know. Oh man. All right. Well, he's, Google, <laughs> Google Reed Diamond. He's a great actor. I think uh, he's a really solid working actor. He's been on pretty much everything. And he did, um, I thought this was fun. 
He did three seasons of Bones alongside our favorite gum chewing receptionist Emily Deschanel. So <laughs> yeah, yeah oh. FBI... who is who is he on Bones? He's FBI agent Hayes Flynn, uh, who's a recurring character. Uh, I don't know I what don't that know. means. He was on Law. He was on eight episodes of Twenty Four. Law and Order, CSI, The West Wing, The Shield. He's in everything. Come on. Yeah. Read Diamond. Sorry. Well, it probably it just means that he, you know, he's good at acting natural. He's a chameleon. Yeah. 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 Like you can, that's why he'll get cast in things, because they're like, we don't want him to steal the scene, but we want him to, you to not question why he's there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's just I think he's just one of those Yeah, I think he's just one of those guys that he just has never drawn my attention in anything he's ever been in and totally sure that's sure. not a bad thing it's that's kind of what you want like yeah <laughs> like, like a mean, long working career and people don't hassle you in trader joe's it's perfect yeah, yeah. amazing yeah way to go Reed. So, anyway um, all right so we go um, we leave the theater now <laughs> so yeah so this this scene outside um the i think broadly speaking what's interesting about this scene is that uh it's sort of I mean, it reminds me a lot of all of those scenes that we love so much between Andrew Garfield and and uh, uh, Emily and, uh, Stone. Emma, yeah, Emma, Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Um, <laughs> oh, yes. My God, her <laughs> name just dropped out of my brain. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone in the Amazing Spider-Man movies, like these right. these sort of city walk and talks that they yeah. would do that <laughs> just sort of showed you their chemistry. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and it's it's really good. The thing that I will say about about this scene and it's great. I love it. But mm-hmm. uh look, I'm I I won't say a bad thing about Toby Maguire cuz I I love him in this part and I think he's so earnest and goofy and great. And I I love him. But yeah. uh not for nothing but <sighs> Kirsten Dunst is acting circles around him in this yeah. in this scene. Like oh, man. <laughs> she is killing it. Yeah. Um. Between this scene and to and and tomorrow tomorrow's minute, like she's uh-huh. just she is just killing it. And granted, yeah. they give her more juicy, interesting stuff to work with than sure. what they yeah. give him. Uh-huh. Um. They, they you know this script gives him very goofy things to say and like things that are just like what are you talking about like yeah, why he's clueless you, a lot <laughs> yeah like you look different well i i shined my shoes i pressed my pants and i did my homework what does doing your homework <laughs> have to do with the way that you look also why isn't he wearing his glasses in this scene like it seems like they forgot and then we're like well it's too late we don't want to redo it yeah yeah cuz he uh, he should be wearing his glasses i don't know he why he doesn't doesn't he put them on at the end of the scene I think he might. I mean, that's yeah. next. I feel like maybe it's just, it's that thing where you're like, I look more attractive about my glasses. She's not Ooh. used to seeing me with my glasses anymore. I better, I'll take them off while uh. I'm talking to her and then I'll put them on to go home, which is like. Yeah. 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 I think that, that tracks. Like he's trying to, because he had him in the theater to make sure he could see the show. But yeah. now he's trying to spruce himself up. Like, yeah, because okay, he hasn't right. needed to wear glasses since high school. so like he's like she's not seen me wearing glasses since i was that nerdy boy who couldn't do anything before i was someone yeah yeah i better not remind her that i will i was yeah no let's not do that Mm -hmm. yeah no yeah okay fair enough but yeah i i just you know the that bit with him saying that he does his homework now is like (laughs) okay my homework now good for you yeah Yeah, most people already did that i do my homework now yeah yeah. Like what? When? At what point did she? 
there's a lot of things that he says in this scene where it's just like, at what point did she talk to you about this? Like, (laughs) why did she ever know you weren't doing your homework? Like you're acting like she should know, like as if she was watching the movie. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Presuming knowledge in a weird way. Yeah. Um, Whereas like, she's just free to like, listen to him be a weirdo and just she is reacting and like living in the moment and like dealing with these internal frustrations about how this is the guy that gives her butterflies but she can't deal with him when he's being a doofus and he's about to really lean into being a doofus like i just i like watching the scene just watching her face like she's she's good in this i know why some people get frustrated with her character in these movies but like you can't you shouldn't. I guess it's no, not. no, no, no. I am. I am. I think. I think the theme that we are finding in this, in this, uh, in this movie, while we're doing this movie, we're just like M- MJ is right. Like I want to get. Yeah. I want to make like an MJ oh, yeah. was right shirt and yeah. just put that on her T public or something. Because like yeah. MJ is a hundred percent in the right with everything that she's saying to him in yeah. this. She's yeah. she's given him so much leeway and he's never risen to the occasion. So like right. what is going to happen here? Like this like maybe for the people that aren't really down with MJ, like maybe this is where we might miss the deleted scene with uh Louise um Vanessa Ferlito where she talks a bit more about having feelings for Peter but that she can't deal with it. Like right. I I because what are our most recent reactions to MJ? Like we had our hopeful connection at Aunt May's place, and then the disappointing last time there was a play thing, and then the frustrating call to her voicemail, and then seeing her when she got um, engaged. And then we have a brief, like, butterflies moment on stage, and then we're right back to this sort of shut you out thing. I, there mm-hmm. might be some people that, like, want it more spelled out that, like, she does care about him, she just can't deal with him. Where if she's already in the space of, I gotta shut this down. I guess they don't like that. I don't know. Like she's but like so she's right. getting yeah. married. Like yeah. he has no right to be doing this. Yeah. And he was there. He knows everyone involved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like it's like oh I maybe I heard something about you getting engaged. They he already spoke the face to face about it. Like come on, you, Peter. He took the photo at the moment. Like he mm-hmm. was there. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. It and literally yeah. caused him to lose his powers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh wow! Um, yeah, no, I'm just. I I find it a re- a recurring theme just with a lot of media that I haven't watched since I was a teenager. Yeah, and it's very much female characters who everyone didn't like, and even I didn't like at the time. And I was like, why are they doing that? Why are they being so stupid? Why are they being so mean? And watching them again as an adult, I'm like, I'm so sorry we did all of you wrong. I yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. The women were right the entire time. Yeah. And they knew it, and I didn't, because I was being raised by this media, and all of the men were shouting over each other and being like, look, see how put on, yeah. put on we are? You yeah. see how she's not giving me attention? She's engaged. You had your chance. Yeah. Move on. Uh. The ship yeah. sailed, buddy. Um, right. And in here, another thing, like, okay, so it starts in sort of a warmer place because she is happy to see him. She doesn't want to deal with this part of it so much. But, you know, he's complimenting her on the play and whatnot. It's only when he gets right up in the, you want to get some chumming, that the tone really shifts into the, like, oh my God, how dare you type of thing. Um, which, again, yeah. and then totally he says, yeah. And then he says, what is the weirdest <sighs> thing? 
like to ever say to anyone, which is like, I always imagined you getting married on a hilltop. <laughs> what? I, okay. What, Look, what are you mean? talking about? That is, that, <laughs> what? Is, that is, okay. You're, if you are a father, you are allowed to imagine your daughter getting married. Yeah. That is literally the only time that that is appropriate. Like what, <laughs> what are you like? You're, why are you imagining her getting what? Why have you always imagined her getting married? Like what? How often does this come up in your brain? Her getting married, and then him. She's saying like, "Who was the groom?" And he's like, "You hadn't decided yet." So you Which... imagined you constantly imagined a scenario where she was getting married on a hilltop and hadn't decided. Who she was getting married to? What like, is, is this, this situation? What are you talking about? It's the finale of a season of The Bachelor, clearly, or The Bachelorette. <laughs> so she's like, she's about to get married on the hilltop, but she has to decide who her final suitor is. So you know, oh it's gonna drum up the ratings. Um, also, also, <laughs> a, a, a wedding on a hilltop sounds like vaguely ominous. Like I'm trying to picture it, and it and it feels ominous to me like it feels like a tim burton movie yeah like, <laughs> or like one of those like creepy like music videos where yeah. something goes wrong at the wedding suddenly yes. the sky's open and there's bad things happening yeah yeah That's so weird um here's the thing i like visually so this has to get colder and more awkward when he is dumb enough to do the chow mein line and then the hilltop line uh, but they're doing a whole big walk and talk as the scene we're doing another bill popey thing with like a lot of depth through the frame on the z-axis so they're walking towards the cameras we're walking back to do this to to do this they have to walk past all of these like shops and things along the street and cover a lot of ground and what's kind of crazy for me in thinking about setting up this shot is they lit all of these it's not a a follow light that's lighting them it's just a practicals that are put in the shop fronts that light them as they walk and they start out super warm at the beginning and then right around when peter says his dumb line they cool off and we're into more bluish Mm. tones that like literally the scene has become less warm and friendly because he did the thing is reflected in the visual i think it's like how do you do that (laughs) you're you have to be as brilliant as bill pope i mean yeah that's yeah. that's the thing. I just I love all of the life back there, and oh yeah, I love I love that it's actually like they actually got all Asian people in like Asian extras to be yeah. in this Chinatown scene. Um, like I think I just I think I saw like one white dude walk past mm-hmm. at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like it's mostly Asian people, which I you know they didn't. I I hate to say that they didn't have to do that, but they kind right. of. They kind of didn't, and they did it anyway. And I'm, I'm yeah. like, all right. I mean, you know, it would have been nice if there were like Asian people like talking and stuff. But yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is better than nothing, I guess. This is, this is how they established. The, did you, did you know we're in Chinatown? That's why he says chow mein. Yeah. yeah. See, See how we're in Chinatown? There's all these Chinese people. Maybe, yeah. maybe they're Chinese. Maybe they're not Chinese. We don't know. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know yeah. how I feel yeah. about it, to be honest. Yeah, this is because. Because I've I've been to Chinatown a lot, and while there are a lot of Asian people, there are also mm. a lot of non-Asian people because it's a tourist spot. Sure, right. yeah, right. yeah. Maybe this is a off the beaten path part of Chinatown. I don't know. <laughs> it's, this is off still, the beaten path. There's a lot of people. Yeah, this is still <laughs> on. Uh, they're really beating this path. Uh, 
this is still on the universal backlot, right? I yep, assume. Yep, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cause is... I looked it up cause it almost looks like, um, uh, apologies for bringing this movie up, Naomi, but it's, it looks a lot like the, like the street from the third act of Dr. Strange. Um, oh, and, yeah. and I, and I looked it up and it's, it's not cause they shot that in London and they actually built that backlot. It's a set that they yeah. built. Um, which is purpose made just really just goes to show you how much we spend on movies now versus 15 years ago. Um, yeah. like we'll just build a back lot and use it once rather than use the back lot we already have. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. but, uh, it looks yeah. a lot like that. And I thought maybe it was that one, but then, but when I looked it up, yeah, it's the, it's that same universal back lot we've seen a million times in this movie <laughs> with the they lyric theater. That's up. not the lyric yeah, theater. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah they... I just that theater thing bugs me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's oh. a lyric theater in New York. There was at the time. I just why? <laughs> it's a pretend lyric theater. A new Sh- lyric theater. This is the, the ushers keep the wrong part of the ticket. The off. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a different minute, but yes, yeah, she yeah, was no, keeping no. the big part of the ticket and not the small part of the ticket. Well, he's just Bruce trying to. Campbell it. doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. Like, so yeah. It's just, yeah. We're through the looking I mean, glass here, matter. Naomi. This is like a version of Off-Broadway that only exists in this version of New York. I mean, uh, you know, also, <laughs> that Usher, man, Ushers don't really care that much. No. They'll just let you in. They'll be like, wait, let, me, let me wait for the next applause and I'll, I'll, I'll sneak you in the back. Mm. Right. Yeah. That's they want people they to it. see shows, but... Yeah, they don't, they're not gatekeeping Off-Broadway. <laughs> 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 Um, I love just like how much activity there is with like, because it is a backlot, the amount of cars and like crosses going through the street Mm -hmm. and everything that are involved, like it's a complicated day to shoot something like this. And I like that they committed to it, um, in this sort of candy colored way. It's, uh, I don't know. I, it's the same, the same conversation we've had every time we run into these backlots, but there is just something magical about we made this space and now it's a inhabited space and it'll be something different, you know, a month from now when somebody else is shooting here. Yeah. But, but now it's time for, you know, chow mein awkwardness. Right. Yeah. It's definitely, I, I think this is the same. Cause I mean, the thing is, is like, you know, these backlots used to be used in movies all the time and now they're less so used in movies and, and more so I think used in TV shows yeah. mm-hmm. and commercials. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is the, oh yeah, oh yeah, I've seen this backlot a ton in commercials. Um, yeah. I, I actually, I think this is the backlot from Ghostbusters, the the remake. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yes, yeah. Yeah, with the with the balloons. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's that street. Uh, but also, um, I, I remember this backlot being used all the time in How I Met Your Mother. I mean, this was, <laughs> this was their backlot. This is yeah. where they... This is where they shot all of their exterior stuff. Well, you want to shoot something in New York when you're not in New York. Yeah. yeah. yeah this yeah. is what it's there for. Yeah. Our our friend Brian Green uh, pointed out on uh, <laughs> on Naomi's Facebook that there's a shot in How I Met Your Mother they use a lot of the lyric theater, the fake <laughs> lyric theater from this movie. It, uh, it's, just, it's, the, it's not the right. So he can see it every time. He's like, right. oh, yeah, that one. There's <laughs> <laughs> like, Spider Man 2 again in my TV why? show. <laughs> yeah. I think at a certain point, you just have to, you have to separate real New York and, and movie TV show New York is two separate things. It's yeah. just so frustrating when it's real places and it's, it's not even like it's an obscure place. Yeah. It's a place where like millions and millions of people 
live right <laughs> like they know it it's the same thing that i could i complain about in um some is, of the this the, is it the trains things with it is Dark the World? train thing because yeah. it's so easy to oh, look the up they were surrounded yeah. by tube maps how can you give the wrong directions when you're surrounded by tube maps that are telling you where you need to go for those that you're don't know naomi Londoners. point out what is the specific goof they make they okay yeah <laughs> so it's in thor the dark world uh-huh. and they're in london thor ends up getting spat out of a portal thing divergence thing yeah um yeah, yeah. in the london underground <sighs> He's at Charing Cross Station. He gets on the first train he sees. He says to a woman, how do I get to Greenwich? She says, three stops on this train. Wrong. (laughs) It wouldn't bug me if he didn't get to where he needed to go. Right, yeah, because it works. Yeah, Because if she wants him on the train with her, that's fine. But you know know what would work just as well? And it'd be just as few words if she would be like, I'm on my way there. Yeah, yeah. And then just beckons him in and then just like, like... She could just beckon him in and still do the falling on his chest thing, but no, it's just it infuriated an entire city of people. Oh no, yeah. When I when mean, have... Tom Hiddleston got asked about it on a podcast this month. Yeah, is this such he was an like, egregious so London sorry. thing? Yeah, he's like, I told them, I told them, I I know. Yeah. <laughs> when you have some time, maybe check out the um, the first Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes movie. I'm pretty sure there's a bit where they run from like near buckingham palace to tower bridge in like (laughs) 30 seconds i mean it's not as bad the worst the worst offender that i can think of off the top of my head is robin hood prince of thieves Uh uh-huh where he's at the cliffs of dover and then in the afternoon they're at like the the hastings like uh, not hastings um uh, hadrian's wall hadrian's wall they're at hastings is down south that doesn't matter it's hadrian's wall he's climbing on it i'm like you've been walking for like less than a day and he's hundreds he's only, and hundreds of miles away. <laughs> and, and like, and I know that because because Morgan Freeman has only just asked which direction to pray for, to pray to. So clearly, they've not been there that long. Mm-hmm. How did you get from the cliffs of Dover to to Hadrian's Wall? Which, <laughs> by the way, if people don't know what Hadrian's Wall is, it's the wall that they built in the north of England to keep out those barbaric Scots, like. <laughs> That's why it exists. It's in Yikes. the compl- yeah. yeah. I know. I know that the UK is small compared to America. No, but it's still. But like, there's a certain like. It's like listen. somebody like oh, I was in San Diego, and then the next scene they're in like Oregon. You know, like yeah, it's far. Uh, it's, it's still like it. Far. It it takes me on a train, a high speed train direct from London in the south, mm. two and a half hours. To where I am, halfway up the country. So it would be like what a six-hour train ride, as fast as the trains go to get from those places, one to the other. Uh, p- possibly. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's more with changes, but you know, but even by horse, even by car, <laughs> anything like that, you're not getting there that fast. Oh boy. Um, yeah. You know Sorry, who else isn't a, getting that, anywhere yeah. very fast, Peter? Uh, no, he's not. I was like, that's a complete <laughs> other thing. <laughs> he's just—he's so disrespectful to MJ's choices here and yeah. her agency that I'm surprised she's not harsher. Like after his like weird hilltop line, she doesn't just chew him out right there. She says she at least buys into it a little bit with like, "Oh, who's the groom?" Like. <laughs> Yeah, Peter, you you're dumb. He's so dumb. dumb. <laughs> He's so dumb. Um, 
Yeah, and then and and she's totally justified in in you know saying like you you think just because you you saw my play you can talk me out of getting married like like <laughs> it I mean it, it's so like wow Peter like I mean she's right like she's right that's what he thinks is going to happen like well I'm here now so you can just we can just go back like everything's we're cool now right like. Yeah, I'm available. That's how so that works. yeah, yeah meant I, to be. Yeah, I don't know about you. I every time anyone who I vaguely know who hasn't seen me in months and or bothered to talk to me, even though we've been in the same city, mm-hmm. they come to see me in something. I'm theirs straight away. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you, but that's how it works for me. Yeah, I think yeah. that's how it works for every woman. Take me home right now. Yeah, that's how. Right? It, that's how it happens. Um, no, Peter, you don't. <laughs> and it's it's weird. Uh, not weird. I mean. It seems so obvious when we come at it in terms of uh, let's think of this from the perspective of the character. But there is this like extra energy, maybe the original time I saw this or in general discourse about these movies where the idea is what defines MJ as a character? Oh, she's, you know, the person that Peter's meant to be with. Like in the comics, that's like what most people glean from the character. Um, Those who aren't like, you know, Jeff Loeb purists about uh, Gwen or something. Um, So you come to this movie with this knowledge slash baggage of, well, he's meant to be with MJ. They're going to get married eventually. And so anything in the way of that happening feels, I don't know. Does it just feel like inconsequential or it's just so weird that like, I never until recently totally got why she was so upset with him or how beyond the pale this behavior was because his behavior is in line with quote unquote what we expect to happen it's just i don't know it makes me disappointed in myself i guess yeah Um, yeah well i mean you know you're you're also not when you're just watching the movie you're not watching it as closely as we are you know mm -hmm. yeah um and i think that that might be a little bit of it as well is that Mm -hmm. We are, you know, when you're just watching the movie, you're, you're, you are Peter and you're just in Peter's shoes and that's it. And you're not yeah. really thinking so critically about everything else, but, um, yeah, he's being a jerk and it's, and it actually, um, it's interesting because he's being a jerk here. And then the whole, the next movie is all about him being a jerk. And it's, <laughs> and it's like, I don't know, like, let's make him, let me make a movie where it's not about him being a jerk. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, like, there's a whole thing, um, with, with like romantic comedies as well that I noticed recently rewatching older ones mm-hmm. where I watch them. And now I'm just like horrified <laughs> by the stuff that the guys do in them. Yeah, mm-hmm. and what the women settle for in the end, thinking, "Oh, you yeah, know, this is good." Like, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I even started writing one in re- direct response to rewatching "You've Been Framed." Not "You've Been Framed." Oh my gosh, why am I? You've got mail. You've been you got oh, mail. You've got yeah. mail. Oh, I'm like, yeah. "You've Been Framed" is a is a TV show in the UK where you send in your home videos, and it's funny. Um, oh, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> uh, You've got mail, and I watched it, and I was like, "I remember, I really like this," and it's based on um. A, a, an old hun- I think it's Hungarian play uh, oh. about the shop around the corner which is why it's called the shop around the corner have a oh. shop oh, and, yeah. and there's a there's a Broadway musical based on it mm-hmm. um, and yeah so it's a whole thing and I was watching it I was like oh my god Tom Hanks is awful he's an awful man 
He's, yeah. he's literally the worst human being. <laughs> and he completely destroys her, humiliates her, gets puts her out of business, and she still ends up with him. And I don't... I don't yeah, no, I decided to write something on the the premise, the, the basic premise, where the guy is not awful. Yeah. It's such a low bar. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> Truly revolutionary. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It's a revolutionary idea that, that women should be able to, like, not have an awful guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all it- the romantic comedies, they show us this, but movies have shown us this for ages, which is why I think when we watched this movie mm-hmm. the first time when it came out in 2000. Four, yeah, two thousand four, yeah. yeah. Um, Just kind of glides over, yeah. Well, and, and yeah. you've got male. That was uh, Nora Ephron, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Is yeah, that right? The writer, the writer, yeah, yeah. I think so. yeah. Okay, yeah. And it, it's interesting because, like, um, you know, Nora Ephron, who's like, uh, I mean, arguably one of the greatest romantic comedy writers of all time. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. she's up there. She's definitely synonymous with the genre for sure. Oh yeah, um, and it's it's just interesting because it was like it's like yeah like women from her generation that that's just what men were like and that's just <laughs> yeah. the best they could get and so they're like yeah no this guy's this guy's great but then like we <laughs> look at it and we're just like no oh honey no no <laughs> don't, don't settle for like, that you can do Jesus. so much better than that no <laughs> like I will fight him yeah. in the park right there. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, there is also a thing too that happens that I, I notice with movies in that um, a lot of drama f- hinges on this sort of function where people aren't being their best selves. Um, mm. Like d- drama doesn't always concern people making the best choices or being the best type of people that they are. And a lot of times a film can be interesting and we will forgive something in a film that's more egregious than we would forgive in real life because mm-hmm. of what it does for the sake of the narrative. Like, uh, mm-hmm. it's the John Wick of it all, you know, where, like, yeah, I'm never, ever going to be on board with, like, somebody going on a shooting spree. <laughs> right. But if I watch John Wick and, like, somebody <laughs> kills his dog, I'm like, kill him. Kill them all. Kill yeah. everybody in the world, John yeah. Wick. Because it's I'm not real. Like, it's, it's not, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. And, and in terms of romantic comedies, like the thing is, is like when you w- look at Say Anything and that iconic thing of him with the boom box the boom out box. the window yeah, and the, yeah, everything, yeah. and you're just like, oh, that is, that is, you look at it now and you're like, oh, that is, that is, that is stalker, that is stalker stuff. Right? Like, that's not. Get away from my house. Yeah, that's mm. not good. That's not good. <laughs> but the thing is, is like, because the movie is showing you both of their perspectives. It like forces you into their shoes to like make you be on their side. You know, it's like it's yeah. it's uh it's manipulative in that way. And I mean, granted, yeah. that's what movies are supposed to do is to right, manipulate right. your emotions. That's why they're there. But the that's what all stories are. But mm-hmm. uh you know, it was a thing where I don't think people were wielding that power responsibly and no. they were writing things that were when you strip them of context are just like, oh, yeah, no, he's completely a stalker. Like, that's yeah, not Oof. good. She doesn't want him around. And he's like literally waking her up with a boombox like that's <laughs> the outside her house. Like, that's crazy person. That's that is that is like a file a restraining order kind of material. But yeah, but in the in the movie, the movie presents it in a way like, oh, isn't this sweet and endearing because we're seeing how hurt he was beforehand and how much he loves her. And it's a whole thing. And it's it's a it's a manipulation of like kind of an easy way out. Right. It's like, oh, I want him to have this grand what was used to be called a grand romantic gesture. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and I want that moment. But, you know, ultimately that movie was written by a guy and guys don't actually know what grand romantic gestures are. <laughs> Most of the time they don't know what that means. Um, yeah. But it, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's all it's very interesting. Like the way yeah. that the way that those things change are really mm-hmm. interesting because then you watch something like um, I think one of my favorite romantic comedies that aren't like trying to be something special. Like they're just, mm-hmm. it's just a romantic comedy. Like there's nothing super special about it. No and it came out a few thing. years ago. It's called Man Up. Did you guys? Man Up. Oh, no, which I didn't one see is that. that? Which one is yeah. that? I That's like with I... um, Lake Bell and uh, Simon Pegg. It is excellent. And it's mm. just, it's just a romantic comedy. And like, cause the, the whole idea of it is that um, she, this woman, she meets this woman on a train and she, she's just like, you need some help. I'm going to meet this guy on a date uh, that's why I'm going to this thing. She meets him, meets her on the train. She's like, I'm going to this place to meet this guy on a date, like a blind date. He doesn't know mm-hmm. who I am. You need help. Take my self-help book and, and peace be with you. Like you, you have a lot of <laughs> issues that you need to deal with. And she's like, whatever. And then she like is holding his book in the train station or holding her book in the train station. And they were, they were supposed to each have their book. And that's how they knew that the other person was the person they were meeting on the date. Mm-hmm. So he oh. thinks that he's meeting Lake Bell and not the other girl who is in the bookshop buying another copy to go meet him. Oh. And and Lake Bell lies and is like, oh, yeah, no, I'm totally your date. That's who I am. And then right. they go yeah. on this date. And it's great because she's like in the place of lying, you know. But then a yeah. twist happens halfway where you think, oh, this is what the whole movie is going to be about. And it's not. And it takes a turn. And it's awesome. And it puts yeah. them on this like really great equal footing where they huh. were both sort of using each other. And it's just yeah. like it's 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 awesome. It's really, really, I, really good romantic comedy. Yeah. And it's it's postmodern in that way where right, it knows right. all of those tropes and it loves all of those tropes. But it finds ways to execute those tr- tropes in new modern ways. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm like, I'm, I'm all for people being awful as long as they're both equally as awful as each other. Right. Sure, yeah. Right. <laughs> There's right. got to be some sort of balance here. Yeah. No, yeah. agree completely. Yeah. 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 But just, like, no, Peter in this scene just gets on my nerves. Yeah. He does, yeah. And and so much more now than, than he used to, I guess. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, and I, and I do, I really, I just, I really love this scene. And there's, there's even more, I mean, like, Kirsten Dunst is doing great in this minute, but like yeah. tomorrow's minute is just like, mm-hmm. oh man, it's she's aces. I, Chef's kiss. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Oh uh, man. Uh, I'm excited to talk about it. Do we have anything else for uh, this minute? Um, I don't think specifically this one. Yeah. We went on that whole romantic comedy diatribe. Yeah. But it was good. I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's good. I like. I like romantic comedies. I have a. Tell us uh, your favorite romantic comedy on our uh, Facebook group. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, please do please do discussion there and uh and you can uh, go check out uh, duelinggenre.com slash merch that'll take you to our t public store where you can buy a t-shirt uh, maybe we'll make the uh the MJ, mj was right, was right <laughs> shirt um because i i i kind of want to now uh yeah <laughs> yeah so we might we might make that shirt and that'll be available duelinggenre.com slash merch which take you to our t public store and the great thing about our t public store is that if you go there and you bookmark that page anything you buy in t public as long as you go through our link, anything you buy you buy through T Public, we'll get a we'll get a cut of that. It doesn't cost you anything. It costs T Public something, uh, and they will just send us a little 
a little a little piece of the pie, if you will. Hey. Help us keep the lights on. So if you find yourself uh, getting ready to buy anything from T Public, even if it doesn't have anything to do with our stuff, uh, you know, we'll get we'll get a little piece, a little cut of it. So go to duelinggenre.com slash merch and uh, get your uh, T Public merchandise uh, through there. Beautiful. And, uh, we appreciate it. So uh, we will be back tomorrow with uh, more of this conversation in minute 68. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.